do a little bit of reading this morning. Is there anything I forgot that I was supposed to announce? Yes. On August 8th, our Sunday morning service will be at, at the Veterans Park, the helicopter park. We go once a year down to the park down there and uh, we have the shelter and play some wiffle ball and good things like that and games for the kids again. So that's August 8th. So keep that in mind. And uh, we'll go from there. Are you with us for the first time today? If you would, would you raise your hands so we can make you anybody here for the first time? No? We're not going to do nothing to you. Just raise it. Amen. It's good to see you back there. Amen. And your name is, sir? Y'all be sure and get by and greet them, okay? Maida's got her family here today. Susie's got her family. Nessie Thompson to the seat, me? No? Nancy? No? Okay, entonces. Okay. Word of the Lord, Second Chronicles. Chapter 20 and verse 21. Amen. Verse 31. I'm sorry, Olivia. Verse 31. How many of you remember who Jehoshaphat was? Jehoshaphat. Anybody? And what his place was in the book of Chronicles. First off, he was king. Secondly, he understood the importance of worship and praise. They were fighting a big battle, as God will fight our battles for us and help us all the time if we just submit it to him. But they sent the praise and worship team out before the battle. The importance of praise and worship is that it scares the enemy. He doesn't like praise and worship. He doesn't like the blood. And he doesn't like uh, when we don't honor him as God. So uh, it, honor the Lord as God because the enemy hates people that praise and worship. That's why it's so important because it comes from the soul. It comes from the heart. Praise is not a superficial thing. It's an eternal thing. It's inside of us. The Bible says that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. So it's, it comes from the very depths of who we are. That's who we worship today as the King Jesus. But Jehoshaphat was king. And I'm going to read a little bit here, and I want you to go with me. Verse 31 says, And Jehoshaphat ruled over Judah. He was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Asuba, the daughter of Shelai. And he walked in the ways of Asa, his father, and departed not from him, doing that which was right in the sight 
of the Lord. Now, independence is a generational thing. Some of you are the first ones in your family that accepted the Lord, that came to be believers. That's a great thing. By your belief in Jesus Christ, you caused generations. You got the Moors here. There's three. How many? Three generations here. My family's here. Three generations. God's a generational God, and that's why we need in our country. What we need to do is nurture the faith. We know how cycles go, and we cycle through things. Uh, but it only takes one generation to lose the faith. Just think about this a minute. It only takes one generation. We believe, and then we should pass it on to the next generation, and they pass it on to the next generation, and they pass it on to four generations. Amen? That's what the scripture says. The enemy wants to break that chain. He wants to break that chain because God's a generational God, and he knows if he can get us to stray from the faith, there's many things connected with the faith, but the most important thing is what we believe. And today, we believe that we are covenant people. We believe that we're saved by the blood of Jesus, that he loves us and gave himself for us. But we try to pass that on to our kids. I've got kids here today. And if, they, if I leave them anything, is a belief that Jesus Christ is Lord, and they need to pass that on to their kids. Amen? That, that's the foundation of a country. We see all through the book of Chronicles in the Old Testament how God had his eye way out there, generations to come. We live in the immediacy of what we're going through right now. Idolatry is nothing new. Idolatry took place in the Old Testament thousands of years ago. The devil keeps on recycling his things. He's just a good recycler. He ought to have a special can. We can. He's a recycler. He recycles the lies because he's the father of lies and the truth is not in him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But through the life of Israel, we'll see that many kings did what they were supposed to do and many kings didn't. And it didn't depend on what they had, had amassed or gained in their life for what's a profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul. That's not what it was based on. Every king... God would say he was a good king or he's a bad king or he did this or he did that. So it's very important that we keep God's covenants. Amen. Church is one of them. The Lord's Supper is one of them. So here we go in verse 31. It says, how be it or nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. Now, the high places were places for idol worship where they would set up God's. And it was the king's responsibility, although he was a great man, it was his responsibility to make sure that those high places, the, the evil works of the enemy, were, were kept down. He wanted them to go and destroy the high places. We find in our country today a real division, a real erosion, a real tearing down. Now, I'm not going to get too political today, but it's all around us. Many of you got up to come to church 30 years ago and there was the neighborhood kind of acted a certain way. Now you can get up and you're the only one on the street that even bothers to get up on Sunday morning and worship the Lord. That's not a good situation. And look what it says. It says he was a great man. He, he was a, 
he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but there's that one thing that he didn't do, was tear down the idols that Satan was raising up. Satan always tries to raise up a substitute God. That's his job. He did it in the garden. He did it all through history. He's always got a substitute for the things of God. And that's what kills it off in generations. It's not, I mean, I'm saved today. My kids are saved. My grandkids were in the Lord's house today to take communion. Three generations. That's important. That's important when you think that it only takes one to not pass it on. Something, something that some of our families have worked on for a hundred years, for the, since the birth of this country, can be done away with in one generation. We see the erosion in our national identity right now. Some of us have a hard time recognizing the country that we're living in right now. Amen. I'm not picking a fight with anybody, but there was a difference in years past when people took seriously their covenant with God. When we have a marriage, when two people come before the church and they say, we want to get married, we always invoke the presence of God in the service. Because when you get married in a church with a pastor, you're saying, what I'm doing, I'm doing in front of God. And this is my witness. My witness is that that I want God to bless our marriage. And that's where the covenant starts. When two people come together and they they have offspring, God wants to bless that for many, many years to come. Because Satan might lose out on some of us, but then he'll just attack the next generation. He'll just attack. And it says, Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet... Now, here's the important part. For as yet, the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. They had not prepared their hearts. Praise springs out of hearts that have been prepared when they come in the Lord's house. Think about that for a minute. Praise springs up from a prepared heart. There's many reasons not to be in the Lord's house, but there's one reason to be in the Lord's house, and that's to acknowledge who he is today. And praise comes from a grateful heart. Praise wells up out of a heart that's prepared for God. If our hearts are not prepared, then everybody's wrong. But this battle that we're engaged in right now in our country, it's just a difference between right and wrong. It's the same trick every time. Let's go on. Their hearts are not prepared for God of their fathers. Now, the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, behold, they're written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. And after this, to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who did wickedly. Watch your associations. Amen. On a personal basis and on a national basis, we have to watch our association because the battle is on, the battle wages. And what happens is in, in human history, countries that once served God have turned their back on God. And when that happens, then that erosion starts in. It can even look like a place that is prospering. 
Our country is a prosperous country. But what happens is it's prosperous in a worldly way, but are we still prosperous in a spiritual way? Because if we're not, everything can appear good. We are a blessed people. Everybody in this room, whether they realize it or not, and people that have been around the world can tell you, we are a blessed people. And God's covenant with us is going to continue as long as we keep our part of the covenant, and that's to train up the children and the generations how they should go. And it says when they're older, they'll not depart from it because the covenant knows that he will attack the families and try to break down the families. So what happens is we make unholy alliances. We compromise the things that we know to be true according to the word. That erosion starts. Things might appear good, but there's an erosion that's taken place. The foundation that is built on, built on the rock instead of the sand, if we build it on sand or just temporal principles, then that erodes. It starts erosion. There's an erosion. And I love my country. We're all God-fearing people. But we need to understand that there's an erosion going on underneath us. And the only thing that's going to restore that is spiritual. And when God moves upon the souls of men and women to repent of their sin, then God will start. uh, His his grace is never uh, limited toward us, but realize that things can look good on the surface. All through the Old Testament, all through the lives of Satan, he would present something that looked good on the surface. But once people become engaged in it, it's an erosion of their faith. Attack the generation, attack the next generation, attack the third generation, attack the fourth generation. I see uh, the more girls here. I see my grandkids back there. If there's one thing that this church or your parents can pass on to you, that is to keep the covenant, keep the word of God in your life. Many kids come to church for youth groups or different things like this. But they never understand because it's not presented to them that this is such a generational thing that they're involved in. Sophie, don't let it get away. Don't let it get away. Not that she would. But you have a legacy. You have a heritage. You have inheritance to eternal life. Jesse, the same way. Christian, Jacob. That's something that's been passed down and it's precious. I'm so glad that they're here in God's house today. Absolutely. So glad. Let's read on. And he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarsus. And they made the ships. And in verse 37, uh, the Lord, he gets warned. He said, Eleazar, the son of Judah. Yeah. That guy's name was Judah. I hope I'm Judah. I set myself up for that one. (laughs) I'm supposed to be preaching. Stop. (laughs) Do the hobby. (laughs) Okay. That reminds me of something that happened yesterday. 
How many of you ever been to Rabbit Hash? Anybody ever been to Rabbit Hash in here? It's this little place in Boone County on the river down there, and I don't know why anybody would want to live down there, but it's kind of a tourist place. And me and Matt were down there, we took a little drive, and we were down there uh, the other night, and uh, all these motorcycles and everything around, and people, and uh, we looked down the road afar, <laughs> and Matt says, Look at that thing that's coming at us. It's just smoking. You couldn't even see what it was. It was just smoking. And these two people that were sitting, I'm saying this as an aside. Don't make this part of the gospel. And if you're watching on television, it's a joke, okay? But you, sometimes we need a good laugh. There comes this vehicle with pipes that go on a uh, semi, sticking up in the air. They were on a Jeep, a little, a little ATV. And the smoke was just billowing out of every, everywhere you looked at the smoke. I said to Matt, what in the world is that thing? And it gets a little closer, and there's guys in that, that little age. They look like Cheech and Chong. <laughs> and if you know anything about Cheech and Chong, one of their movies is they got smoke coming out of their car and everything. And, it looked like, and Matt said, would you look at that? And everybody, these other people that were standing there, they were just cracking up because that's what it looked like. And I thought, it's funny how the things that we see make such an impression on us. And that, that was, it was funny. We laugh, which is something that the church needs to do a little bit more of is laugh. Because God has a good time laughing at us. The Bible says he sits in heaven and laughs. He just sits there and laughs. I best get back to where I am. And, and they told him, because you've joined yourself with the bad work, the Lord has broken your works, and the ships were broken, that they were not able to go to Tarsus. So if, if we don't keep the, the things of the Lord out in front of us, everything that we try to do, and everything that we try to do as a country will eventually be broken up because we don't keep our covenant that he's made that God has made with us. So it's important to realize how generational we are. Now, verse or chapter 21. Now Jehoshaphat slept with the fathers, that means he died and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram his son reigned in his place. And he it's going to get good now. And he and his brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah and all these guys with the funny names. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Now just think, this is generational again. These are all, Jehoram and all these guys that we just mentioned were of a royal priesthood, a royal family. They were rulers. And their faith gave them great gifts of gold and precious things which, with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jeroboam because he was the firstborn. In the Old Testament, that's the way they did it. They passed it down to the firstborn. Now when Je Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword. In other words... His aim was on earthly things, and he wanted to make sure that he had no competition for the things that were going to go on. He wanted to wipe out any con uh, competition. 
The enemy will try to wipe out any sign of success on your part because he's based his whole kingdom of lies on fear. And Barry said, it's easy to control a people. It's easy to control a country that is based on fear. The Bible says that we're not, we're, we don't receive a spirit of fear, but of faith and power, love and a sound mind. That's, that's our inheritance. It's been passed down. But if you don't have that relationship, then you resort to your own measures to try to get back to Eden, and it doesn't work. It said, Jehoram was 30 and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Now, remember, there was a split between Judah and Israel in the Old Testament. There was two different kingdoms. They were split. Like as he did the house of Ahab. And, and look who he gets, Jehoram gets hooked up with. Anybody remember who Ahab was? First, he was a weak man. There was nobody in scripture probably that repented more times than Ahab did. Ahab's problem was not repentance. His problem was every time he repented and went back to Jezebel, his repentance went away real quick because that's why even to today, we, we, the name Jezebel connotates everything that's evil, not because she was a woman, but because this was a symbol of evil. And so when we start generational things and we see that they can be broken down, see Jehoshaphat passed on a good kingdom to him, but there were still some high places left. And then Jehoram, when he became king, he got his eyes off the things of God and he put them on his kingdom and what he could accomplish and what he could do. Well, really, even to the slaying of family, even to the slaying of associates, because when we get too plugged in, see, in our country, we try to solve problems by making alliances with people that don't understand what we're up to. That'll never work. The only thing that's going to work, if the Lord tarries, is a revival that, we, that comes through the church and through our lives. That's what's going to work. That's what's going to change things. Then the high places will come down. We, some of us have high places in our life that need to be pulled down. Because our weapons are mighty, the Bible says, through the pulling down of strongholds. So if there's strongholds in your family, take charge of that and pull that thing down. Pull that idol down to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Ooh. See, the people of Israel are very generational. Even to this day, they're generational. They keep covenant. Even though they, I've been to the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall over in Israel. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. Yeah. And there's a certain anointing at the Western Wall, but it's not the anointing that we know. Because our anointing is enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's the Holy Spirit. Now, their, their anointing comes from their covenant with God and God's covenant with them. And when you come to the Wailing Wall, there's an anointing there. You can't deny that there's some, something there, but it's not the same anointing. Ronnie probably knows it, and those of you who've been there. But one thing I will say is they live generationally. They pass down the things of their faith from generation to generation. God said, you're my chosen people. And no matter how much Satan tried to keep them from returning to their land, guess what today? They're prosperous. They're leaders in technology. 
They have taken a desert, basically, Mark Twain said it was the most God-forsaken place he'd ever seen. They have taken that and they've turned it into where they're feeding a lot of Europe because even though they have darkness on so one thing, they have covenant with God. And all through the book of Isaiah, you can read where he says, I'll cause the desert to bloom, I'll cause this to go on. In our lives, if we need things, He'll cause the desert that's in your life to bloom today. Flowers will spring up where there was nothing, nothing but dust. And he said, I'll cause flowers to break forth and praise will rise up from under your feet. Everywhere you go, I'll give you. They live there today and I don't care what the news media says, you'll never get them out of their land again because God, after 2,000 years, remember, anybody? It's exciting. It is exciting. When you see that God's a covenant keeper from 2,000 years ago, when they were dispersed all through the Old Testament, he said, I'll restore this, I'll restore that. The fig tree won't blossom, well, I'll do this. Everything that comes against you, the Holocaust, everything else, I don't know why all this happens. I, I think it's because the world is turning evil. It, it's getting more evil every day. But what keeps us going? Our covenant. Knowing that God has our best interests at heart. So let's get back to it. Okay, verse 5. Jehoram was 30 and 2 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 8 years. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as, as did the house of Ahab. Now Ahab was a great repenter, but he was a, not a good stick to repentance. Guy, because he was ruled by other spirits. Them spirits are still alive today. Nationally, they're alive. Individually, they're alive. We must realize that when we're fighting things, we're fighting ancient things. This just isn't something that popped up because Christian Life Center has church on Sunday morning. This is the the plan of the enemy is to strip you of your covenant keeping ability it's not new it's old spirits it's spirits that were cast down to the earth and they came with their father of lies which is satan and he's been seducing people ever since and he will not quit seducing until you see the lord come back and we go through everything that's going to happen in the end times which we believe and all through it, the covenant's going to be reinforced by the things that we see God doing. Amen. They've got their land back. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Let's go on a little bit more. And he says, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, since I've been alive, which was 1950, Every president that has come through has tried to have peace in Israel. Every one of them. They all have these summits and they all have this and they all have that. But they use man's method to try and fix spiritual problems. You can't. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Read on. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy. Here's, I want you to remember this. Verse 7. It says, Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. The promise to David was 
is that someone of his kids or he would be on the throne of, it, of Judah or Israel forever. So God made that covenant. And even with all the kings that were good and bad, it said he didn't totally destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. We are a covenant people. Yes, we are. What we're passing through right now is, is, is already happened. But in our lives, God gives us an, a, a, a way out of our sin and a way out of our idolatry. He said, if you confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Not only is he a generation on the covenant of God, he's, a, he's the God of salvation today. <clears throat> Almost done. For he had made a David, and, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. Amen. Forever. That's why we keep on praying for our kids. Yes, we do. That's why we keep on praying for our nation. We didn't come up with uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14. Comes from the scripture. It says, humble themselves, seek my face. These things will happen. So in other words, there's a breakdown of those things happening. But read on. In those days, the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. This is what starts happening individually and nationally when we turn our back on the things of God. All of a sudden, trouble comes from every side. Anybody ever just uh, get to the end of the week and say, that's the worst week? No, you never do that, do you? <laughs> How many of you made this statement, I don't know what else could happen? <laughs> so when you turn your back on the things of God, bad things are going to happen. It's just assured. Is it because God wants to get us? No. That's just the way it is, as Stone Cold used to say, and that's the bottom line. That's a side joke. Only Rick got that one, I guess. Read on. And so they wanted to build their own kingdom again, idolatry. They appointed themselves a king because they wanted to do things their way. When a nation upholds godly principles, see, I'm a child of the 50s, abortion, different things, kicking prayer out of school. All those things happen so fast. And another reason that they happen is what we said before. There's this overlay of prosperity and, and everything that's good, which we're, we're thankful for. But at the bottom of it, there's this erosion taking place. Yeah. Yeah. We have a big old pine tree out beside my office out there. I don't know if you've looked at it lately, but the 32 side, the, the side that faces the road, it's all green. It's just as green and pretty as you can be. But you come around to the back of it, like there, and the tree's all dead. Half of it's dead. And that's kind of like we are right now in, in our international relationships and things like that. It might appear good from 32, but when you get on the other side, it's all rotten and it needs to be taken out. So that's sometimes how erosion of faith takes place. Someone might only see it from that side and say, oh, that's a good tree. Why do you want to cut that down? But those that see it for all sides, they'll say, thing needs to go. So just because there's a layer of prosperity 
There's also the enemy's trying to erode things. Then, okay, verse 9. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and his chariots with him. And he rose up by night and smote the Edomites, which compassed him in, and the captains of the chariots. Last verse. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. I've not traced out the Edomites. If anybody has, I guarantee you that they're of the Muslim persuasion. Israel's surrounded by Arabic countries. You know, the, the fight between Israel and uh, Islam, it's just a family feud's all it is. It's a family feud. And family feuds tend to have not good things passed on to the generation, but bad things. We're in a big family feud. They claim Abraham as their father also. That's going, that's a whole nother thing. So the Edomites revolted under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time also did Libna, I don't know where they came from, but it wasn't good, revolt from under his hand. Because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. The epitaph or the final judgment of the kings of Israel and Judah was whether they kept the ways of the Lord or not. Not that he had so many bars of gold and so many. That's all good stuff. But that's not what God put his final judgment on. It's whether the king kept covenant with the generations before him. That's our responsibility today is be covenant keepers and stand in the things of God. That's the hope for us personally, and that's the hope for countries on an international scale. Every president has tried to make peace, but the only peace comes from the covenant of God and his ways with us. He said, if you do this, I'll do this. I find great comfort in knowing that God tells me, if you do this, I'll do this. But that might sound like God's conditional, uh, has a conditional love. He has no conditional love because he made uh, uh, a covenant with David's house that someone would sit on the throne forever. So he don't forget his covenants. But when we turn our back on his covenants, then bad things start to happen. Uh, Let's read on just a little bit more. It says, moreover, he made high places. Here we go again. Not only did he not tear down the bad stuff and kill half the family and make bad alliances, he made his own high places. We have high places in our country right now. We have things that people just won't. And he caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compel Judah there there too. These are the things that happened. And there came a writing to him from Elijah. Here comes Elijah. Way to go. The prophet saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king. Here's, here's the judgment on his life. But has walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Now remember, this is the uh, after the split of the kingdom. And he says, uh, And cause, they committed fornication and... There came a writing, and he said, Behold, thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat. Verse 13. But has walked in the way of the kings of Israel, 
and has made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring. That means to do bad things. Like to the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and it has slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than you. See, his image, what, his, what he wanted people to receive was their image of him. But God looked at the eternal image. He said, the people you killed were better than you. The enemy will stop at nothing to rob them generations. Stop at nothing. Behold, this is God. How many of you know that God does get mad? Not because I say it, but because the Bible says he does get mad. You know, he's put us, he's put mankind on a real long leash. Behold, he says, this is what I'm going to do. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people and thy children and their wives and all thy goods. Oops. <clears throat> That's nations too. And thou shalt have a great sickness by disease of thy bowels until thy bowels fall out by reason of the sickness by day and night. That's, that's a pretty rough prophecy to live by, isn't it? Yeah. Your bowels are going to fall out. You know why? Because there was erosion taking place. And instead of the Spirit of God springing up out of his bowels, the, he got the wrong outcome. So that's our choices today. Our choices as individuals, our choices as a country, it's got to come from the bowels. Who we are comes from the very, out of your depths shall flow living water, river of life. But if you don't, you're going to get a belly disease. I'll never forget, Ronnie, one of the greatest things I ever heard you do uh, and I witnessed this one. Ronnie would come into a place and he'd go, belly, 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 belly. Because he understood, I think, that that's where the issues of life flowed from. And then in Israel, he was on the roof also. I wasn't there for that one, but uh, what was that? Wakey, wakey. He stood on the roof in, in a place in Israel and said, wakey, wakey, wake up, wake up and prophesied over the city. Wakey, wakey. Yeah. But that's our choices today as, as a nation also. We need to repent and make sure what's coming out of us because what comes out of our belly is the essence of who we are. And what comes out of us is the good that can be passed to the next generation. But if we don't, God says there'll be a plague that might come on you and your family. So you got to be careful. And here's the thing. He didn't die right away. It was a long, slow, painful death, no matter what it looked like. It was taking place, taking place in a level that most people don't get down to. So today, our choice is to have living water spring out or things that we don't want to spring out. And as a nation, Thank you for being Christians and thank you for being people that support the ways of God. Amen. Because today, more than anything on this Independence Day, we celebrate freedom in our country. Right. I don't care what anybody tells you. Godly men 
and women founded this country. Now, did we make mistakes? Yes, we did. Did we mistreat people? Yes, we did. Christians aren't perfect. We're not perfect people, but we have a perfect message. And so because of that, we have to keep our eyes like Israel way down the road. We got to remember what's happening. Matt, you got to remember what's happening. You got to remember that God has a bigger plan than what our plan is right now. And he's passed it on to you. You're, I don't want to get into movie things, but you're the keeper of the flame. These generations are the keeper of the flame. And when we're gone in a few years, we, our, our heritage or our name is based on like the kings of Israel, whether they did good or whether they did bad. That's why one generation can mess up the whole thing.